Let's hold them up or electronic device with your Bible on it. I'm a child of God. I have in my hand powerful Word of God. can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we're ready to roll. All right. I want to talk to you today about prayer under pressure. Today is Palm Sunday. This is the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and uh, to the throngs cheering him and singing hallelujah, yelling hallelujah and Hosanna, Hosanna, and the palm branches being laid down in front of him. It was a tremendous um, parade atmosphere as the Lord rode through the eastern gate into the city of Jerusalem. If you go to Jerusalem today, go to Israel, and you stand uh, outside the uh, walls of Jerusalem, you'll see the eastern gate that faces east is uh, bricked in. Because it is. I don't know why it is, but it is. Because the Jews don't believe that the Messiah has come yet. We that are Gentiles, and we've been grafted in to salvation through Christ, we know why. We know that he's already been through that gate. And this is the Sunday, only a few days from from now, the tide would turn, and he would be crucified on a cross on the hill of Golgotha, place of the skull. And if you ever get to go to Israel, you will go to that site, and you will look at that mountain facing with three crosses on top, and you literally will see an eye, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. You will. You'll see them. I got to see it in 1997. Uh, boy, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but some things never change, and that's one of them. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Sometime before you uh, step out of here, uh, go on a trip. Go to Israel and, and see uh, what's there and uh, experience it. Toward the end of this week... There was a event that Jesus participated in. He went out to pray. And he went out to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, the Garden of Gethsemane is on the eastern side of the old city of Jerusalem. So the eastern gate would face Gethsemane on the eastern side of the Jerusalem. And we need to remember some things about this prayer time that Jesus had in Gethsemane. Again, we're at the. We're, we're, I'm moving you from Hallelujah, Hosanna, to him and three others praying. I don't think we should lower our expectations of Easter. And center it just around eggs and chocolate rabbits. We need to remember what Easter is all about. Now, we, 
we open the, we have Easter eggs that we plant up here and the kids find them and, and the candy. But we need to remember why we celebrate Easter. It's the greatest day for Christians ever in the history of our calendar. It's Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day. Resurrection Day. Because this is the day that he rose from the grave. We always sing that old song, up from the grave he rose. Need a good old, good old bass voice to sing that one. Yeah, it's a great song. Because it's true. Uh, because he lives. It's true. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You and I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, amen. No matter how deathly ill you become, God can do something greater in your life. The more I've been told about what happened to me in my illness, I was in the hospital, I guess I was as close to dying as you could get without dying. I was baffling the doctors and the nurses because my pulse rate was in the 40s. My body temperature was in the 80s. (laughs) All I can tell you is that God just wasn't ready for me yet. And that's amazing. Because I don't remember any of that. There's the blessing. I don't remember any of it. I looked at my arms that were all bruised up and realized that something happened. Cindy said, well, they manhandled you pretty good. But I want us to focus a little bit about this prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He goes off to a solitary place, his war room, if you would, to pray. How many of you have a war room that you pray in? Anybody have a spot? Amen. Got to have one. Need one. If you don't have one, I'd encourage you to get one. Boy, because they're very important. You know, I hated that we did remodeling back in the back, but we needed the room. I, I know why we did it, but uh, I, I, there was just something special about that prayer room that we had in the back. But I found up here by this cross to be just as effective, if not maybe a little more. I find myself up here at this cross with my hand on the cross, holding the cross, <laughs> squeezing the cross, asking God, pleading with God. Jesus, we see the human side of Jesus in this prayer time. You know, whenever you're at the top of a mountain, invariably you've got to come down to the valley, don't you? You can't always stay on the top. You've got to come down. And when you come down, God is waiting for you. He's up at the top, but he's also at the bottom. So you've got ups, you've got downs. And Jesus is experiencing that. He is not going to be exempt from the crushing pain that Gethsemane will bring into his life. Gethsemane in Hebrew means olive press or oil press. So to get oil out of olives, you got to press it. You got to put that olive under pressure. In order for you and I to produce, sometimes we need 
pressure. And when pressure comes, it defines who we can become. Amen? And who we are. So, let's take a look at this prayer and let's see several things that we can learn from the Master's war room. In verse 36, I need to get my Bible open. Preacher, what's wrong with you? Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to look here starting at verse 36. There we go. Okay. All right. Come on, preacher. I got my pages are sticking together. I'm not reading it enough. I need to I need to be reading my Bible more. There we go. There we go. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, "Sit here while I go over there and pray." Well, I go over there to pray. So, he was at a place that relaxed him. When you have a war room or a prayer room or a prayer closet, I would encourage you to make it a comfortable place so that you won't mind spending extended time there. It's very, very important. He went to a familiar place to pray. A place that relaxed him, a place that reminded him, a place that revived him. It's <clears throat> what I love about praying up here by the cross, is that I feel relaxed here. I feel reminded because I can reach out and just touch that cross and be reminded of what he did for me. And then leave there revived, Right? Leave there encouraged and energized. But I want you to notice the structure of the prayer. He experienced separation. He brought three with him, but he separated himself and went a little farther. So that he just him and the Father. Nobody needs to be a part of your prayer time. Just you and the Father. That's all. That's all you need. You don't need a whole horde of people. Just you and, you and God. That's all you need. Spend some time. But he also was in partnership. Peter, James, and John. He was suffering, though. There was some excruciation going on in his life. Because he went from the Mount of Transfiguration to this garden. He went from that high... Seeing Moses and Elijah and visiting and talking to them down to this garden. You ever prayed prostrate on the ground? Laid out? You ought to try that sometime. You ought to just get down on your face and pray out to God. There's something humbling about laying down at the foot of the cross and realizing realizing 
what he's done for you and what he's given to you. And look who he addresses. And look who he addresses. But he's addressing the Father. He's addressing his heavenly Father. Our heavenly Father. You see, he was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, yet without sin. The Hebrew writer tells us in chapter 4. So whatever sin you are struggling with, Jesus also struggled with it. But the beautiful part is that he overcame it. Where you and I sometimes crumble and we don't, we don't kind of follow through. Jesus was able to master it. Why? I think, to a large extent, because of his prayer life. Look at the condition with which he was praying. He says, if you are willing, if you're willing. See, let's, let's, at verse 38, or 37, he took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him and began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground. And he prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. You see, the human side of Jesus appears in that verse, doesn't it? He says, If there's any other way, take that cup away from me and let me have another way. You see, I believe he was able to see the cross... And the devastation that he, his body was going to go through at the cross, even before the cross. And yet, and yet, he asked God in a petition, if, please, if there's another way. He was persistent. Prayed that way. Prayed those same words three different times. But then... He does something that you and I struggle with, and that's submission. Not my will, but yours be done. Now, in verses 36 and 37, I want you to see something. He took his friends with him. Now, why is that significant? Because you and I need to be bringing our friends to church. Well, they won't come, preacher. I've invited them. They won't come. Okay. Keep, keep inviting them. Tell them you'll feed them. 75% will come with you if you'll feed them a meal. Before or after. So, hey, let's meet for breakfast. Hey, I'm coming by to get you. Don't, don't depend on them to drive. Say, so I'm coming by to get you. Bring them to church. If you offer to feed them, 75% of them will come. They may not come back, but they'll, they'll at least come. Alright? So, he focused. He got his friends together. The closest of the twelve, he took with him. He needed them to share in his difficulty. He needed them to stay within his proximity. He needed them to absorb some of the pressure that he himself was feeling. There's nothing more powerful than your friends who are praying for you. Have you discovered that? And when your friends are praying for you, great things can happen. They become encouragers. 
They become lifters. They, they become fellow uh, 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 believers with you in what you're trying to accomplish. They can bring in that word that will keep you going that next step you need to go. You see, we need that. We need that all the time in our life. Do you have somebody at work that's like that for you? Yeah, you need them. You're not an island. We all need friends. And Jesus was no exception. He needed His friends. And then verse 38. He shared His thoughts of pressure with His friends. In verse 38. My soul, He says, is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Man, you ever felt that way? You ever felt so overwhelmed that you weren't sure you are going to be able to make another step? Man, that's a, that's a tough spot to find yourself. And it's at those times that your friends who are believers in Christ can help you make that next step. So many people will take their life. They'll make a permanent decision for a temporary situation. They'll take their life because they don't see any way out. They don't see any hope. Beyond the moment. Oh, listen, folks. Never make that type of decision without talking to somebody first. And if you've got good friends around you, they'll help. You can confide in them. Uh, They saw Jesus in a way that he hadn't probably revealed himself before. When he talked about to the point of death. He needed them to watch And then verses 38 and 39. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watching. Verse 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So he confronts God alone. You see it. Most times when you are growing in your walk with God, when you need to take a step of growth, you're going to have to do that on your own. Nobody's going to go there with you. You've got to take it on your own. Step up and step out. Well, I've, I mess up so much I can't, I can't even. Oh, yeah, you can. Yes, you can. Because God will help you if you call on Him. But sometimes we need a friend just to kind of go arm in arm and kind of Take us, tag us along, pull us along, right? We need that. And that's great. Jesus was the same way. They can go with Him, but they couldn't go for Him. They can go with Him, but not for Him. He must be free to fight and focus. And they must see that pressure drives men to their war room to pray. He understood his friend's weariness. Look at verse 43. Because when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. (laughs) You ever had, you ever said, yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to stay up late with you. I'll stay up late with you. I'll I'll go, I'll go all night with you. Only hit about 10 o'clock and the wall hits you. (laughs) Hard to do, isn't it? I used to could do it all the time when I was a youth pastor years and years and years ago, 40 some odd years ago. Man, I could go with the best of them. 
all night long. Me and Lionel Richie, all night long, yeah. Yeah. Those days are long gone. By 9 o'clock, when uh, Mark and Amy are putting the boys to bed, I, I always get up and go to bed too. <laughs> so Cindy, I said, hey, good enough for those boys, good enough for me, here we go. But he understood his friend's weariness. They didn't necessarily understand. Their eyes were heavy, it says. They slept because of the weight of sorrow that was on them. And the message that they were reading in the face of their Savior, Jesus. It was difficult. It was difficult. In Luke twenty-two forty-five, it says, When he arose from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. And he received strength, though, from heaven. He confirmed the will of God. In Luke twenty-two forty-three, it says, Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. You ever felt strengthened after you've been praying? You ever felt encouraged, more encouraged after you've been praying? Uh, the men pray over me every Sunday. And you're welcome to do that too. You're welcome to step in and, and pray over me. I need all the prayer I can get. Uh, with my physical infirmities and also just the spiritual battles that we fight every day. You fight them, I fight them, we all fight them. And so I can't get enough prayer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I need you to pray. If, you, if you're fortunate to have a, a fellow believer at work, where you work, man, you, ought, you guys ought to be praying for each other. So now I grab a cup of coffee and let's say a quick prayer to each other. Hey, Amen. We're going through the day, Lord. Watch over us. Help us. Keep us safe. But he, re- he received strength from heaven. He confirmed the will of God. An angel showed up. Heaven strengthened him. And it's really important that we see what's going on in Gethsemane. Let's go back and pick it up again at at verse 36 and just read this all one one flow. And Jesus went to his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, who are James and John, along with him. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell uh, with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples, found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Spirit's willing, but the body's weak. He went away to a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And when he came back, he found again them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more, prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, here it is. Look, the hour is near. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes 
my betrayer. So Jesus prayed this prayer. And at the amen, gets up and sees the enemy coming. How many times have you been praying only to say the amen and to face the enemy? Time after time after time. But here's the great news. You have the power to overcome. You got it. You got it. It's living in you. It's living in you. All you got to do is trust Him. In Eden, Adam took a fall. In Gethsemane, Christ took a stand. In the Garden of Eden, a man meets himself. But in Gethsemane, man met his Savior. In Eden, the serpent arrived. But in Gethsemane, he was evicted. The only way around suffering is to go straight through it. Don't back up. Don't hold back. Go straight through it. Every suffering Gethsemane has a delivering angel. God will never leave you alone. He's always going to be there for you. When you call out to Him, He's going to come. And whenever life is hard, remember we are not the first to ask, is there another way? Jesus asked the same thing, is there another way to get through this? I believe there are four gardens in the Bible And we're in one of these four. Let's see which one you're in. There's the Garden of Eden, which can also be called the Garden of Sin. There's the Garden of Gethsemane, can also be called the Garden of Suffering. The Garden of Golgotha, which is the Garden of Victory. And then there's the Garden of Paradise. That's a Garden of Eternal Life. Which garden are you in? It's going to be one of those first three because you haven't gotten to the fourth garden yet. Most of us are in that third garden, the Garden of Victory, Garden of Golgotha. Golgotha. Augustine said this, God had one son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering. Boy, that's true, isn't it? You're going to follow the Lord? You're going to, you're going to serve the Lord? Guess what? You're going to suffer. Mother Teresa said, a sacrifice to be real must cost, must hurt, it must empty ourselves. Give yourselves fully to God. He will use you to accomplish great things on the condition that you believe much more in His love than in your weakness. Man, that's a powerful statement. By the way, her her uh, thoughts and her words have been banned from Twitter. Can you believe that? <laughs> what are they afraid of? She was about five foot tall if you stretched her up. Put her on a rack and stretched her. It's a little diminutive woman, a nun, Catholic church, who said, I'm going to go serve among the lepers in India. That's where she went. She served among them, tended to them, took care of them. Billy Graham said this, Suffering is part of the human condition, and it comes to all. The key is how we react to it. Either turning away from God in anger and bitterness or growing closer to Him in trust and confidence. 
you and I are going to suffer. How we respond to that suffering is up to us. You can either let it overwhelm you, or you can let God lift it and use it to strengthen you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. I thank you for Gethsemane. I thank you that we all, like your son, will one day walk through the Garden of Gethsemane in our life. We're going to have a a, a tough time. It could be an illness. It could be financial. It could be relational. But there's going to be a time when we need to be able to go to our knees and perhaps even lay prostrate, but on the ground in front of your cross, crying out to you for help, crying out to you for forgiveness, crying out to you. You have told us over and over and over and over again to cast all of our cares upon you. Come, you that are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest, Jesus says. Lord, I'm not sure what each of these folks in this room this morning what their Gethsemane is. But you do. So I'm praying, earnestly praying, that you would minister to them, that you would touch them. That, Father, they would sense your presence today. And as we all cry out to you for the lifting of the burdens, would you help us to understand that sometimes we just need to lean on you Wait on your timing. Wait on your answer. And in that waiting, it's the hardest thing to do. God, is there one here today? Is there one here today that would say, I haven't been trusting the Lord like I should. I'm going to change that today. I realize from the garden's prayer Jesus had a simple prayer. If it's possible to pass this cup to pass from me, may it be, but not my will, yours be done. Father, could we say the same prayer in whatever it is that we're facing in our life? Jesus came into Jerusalem with great fanfare. Only a few days later, to go out being killed crucified on the cross so that we could be reconciled back to you he became our sacrifice a holy sacrifice unblemished sacrifice and his shed blood bought redemption for each of us But is there one today that would say to you, I've wandered, I've drifted, it's time to get back into the Lord. It's time to get back close to you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.